What is up, everybody? This is your Italian god, Ant, and I am joined by my bud and new co-host of the Attitude Years. My buddy, introduce yourself to these people. My name is Josh. I host a pot, another podcast called Sharpshooters and Stunners, where we go through the week of uh, wrestling and rumors. Uh, I'm happy to be here. I love talking about the Attitude Era. Yes, uh, Sharpshooters and Stunners will definitely put that uh, link in the description below, so check that out, and uh, it will also be on our streaming platforms as well, like Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and whatever podcasts are kind of like his yeah we're we're available everywhere uh apple spotify i mean everywhere uh, wherever you can find because i i tried to i tried to whore out our uh oh dude our podcast like, dude, really it's, it's everywhere the most yeah. random like third world country podcast as like people yeah. are listening to like yep somewhere yeah yeah i feel you burberry podcorn or every yeah. fucking thing yeah so check us out. Check him out. Well, this direction. I don't know. Yeah, there you go. Check him out. Um, so, yes, we are covering the Attitude Era. WWE Raw is War, February 16th, 1998. This is weird. So I got to ask you this. So this is from Saturday night, right? But yes. the way out of Texas was the night before. Mm-hmm. So they had that pay-per-view on a Friday. Yeah. Now, was this something that they did every week or was this or not every week? Was this every pay-per-view or was it special to No Way Out? So I think it was special No Way Out. I, I'd have to look to see what was going on on USA. But in that era on USA, Raw got pushed a lot for a bunch of different things like the Westminster Dog Show. Oh. Uh, I think there was, there was something else that they would put on there that would push, push Raw. But uh, they might have done something special for uh, Raw that night. Um, maybe they had like a, a two-night agreement um, yeah. in the area. But the uh, Saturday night in Texas, I think, was just like a glorified live live show. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I agree. I agree. Well, let's talk about this because, yeah, if you if you look at the card that we're looking at now, it's not really, really stacked, to be honest. The first match of the episode – are the Legion of Doom taking on the Quebecers. And there's not a lot of notes here. Um, Hawk ends up dropping um, Jack down, and Jack nails a drop kick. Hawk then nails a neck breaker, and Pierre nails a shoulder tackle. And Pierre's a big fucking dude yeah, with, he is. Uh, with that. And I actually found out that he's PCO. Is that oh, PCO? it's PCO. I did not know that. Yeah. And I said, no way. Yeah. I found it out. He was yep. so young back here. Like, oh my. I, th- I think he was like 20, 24. Holy shit. He looks like a completely different person. <laughs> so back to the match. <laughs> Animal, Animal nails a power slam. Uh, and Pierre nails a cannonball to the outside of the ring, which is really cool to see. The New Age Outlaws come out to the ring and come out to the stage and they bring a dumpster on the stage. And they wheel it down to the ring. And then the outlaws end up sending Hawk. They toss him into the dumpster. And they put him on top of it. Well, they put him actually in the dumpster. And then the New Age outlaws actually sit on the dumpster. Animal nails a double clothesline. And he chases the outlaws to the backstage. Hawk gets out of the dumpster. And the LOD continue to chase the outlaws. So this match was kind of just, just 
for no reason just to set up the outlaws putting LOD in the dumpsters and kind of make fun of Cactus Jack and Chainsaw Charlie. What are your thoughts on this like match? And for you, you were 11 at the time, right? Yeah. So what did you think of uh, the outlaws and LOD at the time? Um, dude, I was really into the outlaws. I love the whole dumpster angle i mean there's nothing more heelish than acting like a bully yeah. Yeah. especially that like it's like high school bully like it's not like oh, real life bully yeah. but like that's something that you would see in like high school cafeteria somebody throwing yeah. you in a dumpster and then sitting on the lid yeah. so you can get out. but uh you could tell though this is like the tale of two eras yeah. where you have the quebecers who a few years earlier were dressed up in Mountie yeah. uniforms. Yeah. And then you have LOD, who, I mean, you could say we're probably past their prime, but did you see the reaction when they walked oh, out? Yeah, they love LOD. They They're were like, still yeah. over, which makes me yeah. think like, man, what I get I get LOD is probably really one-dimensional, but man, when you're still getting reactions like that, could we have used them a little bit better in this era? Oh, I think so. Because if you, like, even when they were in, the, like, 80s, when they were just, like, the black pants and the, the like, just, even when they were, like, sort of, I don't I want to say, like, Mad Max, but kind of, like, that sort of, like, style almost. Like, they, even back then, they were bass. And I do remember, like, DX and the Outlaws being confronted them saying that the best tag team in the world. And they were, like you said, at the time, probably considered the best tag team in the world at the time but yeah i do agree with you they kind of just like throughout this year well i'll just say from where we're at now it's kind of like they're kind of being like a laughing stock a little bit it seems like and it's sad that they did that to them because me being young watching them i wasn't able to appreciate i loved lod because it came out with the spikes and the fucking you know i was really into that crap but like i wasn't able to really appreciate their like wrestling you know so on a side note, I didn't know, I, like I didn't watch WCW until probably like 93-ish. Uh, I've been watching WWE since I was, you know, three years old. So 1990. Um, I didn't know who the Legion of Doom were until they showed up in WCW in like the, uh, I think like 95 is when they came back to WCW. My uncle at a yard sale found a vhs tape of uh that the awa would sell and one of those tapes was the road warriors yeah. so i popped that in and they put in like a rivalry with like larry the axe henning and kurt henning and that match was so bloody kurt henning got so much color in that match like it was it was rick flair like color and that's when i was like man the 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 lod was something else and that's a great that was the great thing about the network and stuff is being able to go back and watch the early uh uh jim crockett stuff with lod and and all that so uh, yeah i don't know that you said that is do you think it's still on peak you think it's on peacock now (laughs) uh probably probably not that i don't know how much a a A wa stuff they got on that fuck you peacock but yeah, Le- Legion of Doom. I think I think could have been utilized a lot, a lot differently than what they were. Yeah, yeah. I like them though. I'm still a big fan. And uh, Quebecers are cool. And I do remember like when they were fighting like Bret Hart and Owen Hart, and then when they, you know, met on a mission, wrestled. Yeah. You know, 
we're the Mounties or whatever. <laughs> um, okay, so then we um, are we find out that DX in China could be suing Stone Cold Steve Austin for emotional duress after Stone Cold delivered a stunner on China last night on at Noyao, Texas. Which good, she fucking got it in his face. You know what else are you gonna do if you're Stone Cold? You're not gonna just say okay. You're gonna hit her with a stunner, or you might offer her a beer. And go ahead. That, that was one of those things that I I've read that Triple H was really hesitant on allowing happen really? to China to, to let to let any anybody for one put their hands on her, but yeah. like to do something like that where Steve gave her the stunner, it was something that he was really question. hesitant with. Do we think? That like, I know like China is very in a. I love China, wonderful person. That documentary on her that Vice did, like, beautiful. And I'm a big Triple H fan, but maybe look at him a little bit differently. But what did he see in her back then? Like, I mean, I'm not trying to be mean, but like, she was very like. masculine yeah and the thing is like he kind of i think his i think that's his type he's very he loves like rhea ripley he's a big you know what i'm saying like i i I don't know it might have been you know if they had a lot in common you know know, but he was he was a he was a he was a bodybuilder before he got into wrestling oh so they probably did you're right duh so they probably had all that working out shit in common yeah yeah. See, I thought, I thought like she, like as a person, human, she's attractive. Like her, mm-hmm. the way she talks, I don't know, it's weird because she sounds weird, but like when she was speaking Spanish tonight, I was like, ooh, China, hello. Um, you know, so like her, like her, and then obviously as she, you know, years go on, it changes. Mm-hmm. But I feel like they should have, like, I wonder why they even made her change her gimmick. You know what I'm saying? Like if her gimmick was this big, badass buff, so then they want to kind of beautify her by the time like 99 rolls around. I think that I think that she took a lot of that upon herself. Oh, really? Yeah. I think she took a lot of that upon herself, seeing where, you know, part of partly where WWE was going. You know, let's face it, in this era, they were getting a lot more trashier, yeah. especially when it came to women, right or wrong. You know, this is the era where Sable's going into Playboy. Yes. Uh, Sonny's the most downloaded person on on uh, Yahoo. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. So I think she was like, "How do I get ahead of the curve?" Kind of maybe maybe do, do some things. There was that. Um, I forgot who they were. The interview was with, but it was China Sable. It's very popular. China Sable, and I think Deborah there. And um, they're talking about wrestling, and China's just like, I don't need to fight the women, you know? Like, I, yeah. and then Sable was like, Well, you never fought me. Sable, she would beat the living, crap yeah. Out of I, I, I do remember that, and I remember, uh, <laughs> I, I think it was on an episode we were talking about, uh, Bruce Pritchard. Bruce Pritchard was talking about it, and he said that, uh, China probably didn't, they both worked themselves into a shoot in that interview, yeah. They probably didn't. They probably thought that they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it did seem, because I think China was probably just trying to build her character up. And I think Sable thought that 
Joni was saying that she couldn't fight. Yeah, yeah. Rena was not happy, man. No, no, not at all. Rena was not I went now. Brock is still with her, right? Yeah, yep. So why do we ever see her, man? I know she sued WWE and everything. I just want to see her. Well, she came back after she sued WWE. No, I know, but 03. like so why can't we see her anymore? I don't think she wants to be on TV anymore. Do you think she's like not like no, she still looks pretty good. She just doesn't want to be. She, I don't think she wants when, to be in the spotlight. The last, I want to see a recent thing. Uh, last time I saw her, I mean, this is a few years, but this is a, this is a, a lot of years now. But uh, the right when um, uh, Brock lost it, that when Taker was in the audience. Oh, yeah, that was okay. Okay, so that, that was what wow. like eight, eight years ago now, something like that. Why she doesn't want to be seen. I don't know. It's it's all her choice. She doesn't want to be on TV anymore. Well, well, you know, she's happy living up there in Saskatchewan or wherever their house is in the woods and the snowy tundra. Any inkling to come back at all? Yeah, I agree. I don't think she has any inkling either to come back. Um, (laughs) That was really fun. We're uncensored here, and we just had like a little error. But it's cool. It's cool. It's cool. We're we're keeping it. We're keeping it cool here. Um. Yeah. So stable. Hope to see you soon. <laughs> Next, we have the world's most dangerous man, Ken Shamrock, taking on Sniper with the Jackal and Recon. And uh, the Jackal joins commentary for this match. Sniper clotheslines Ken Shamrock to the outside as Recon attacks him outside of the ring. Shamrock then applies the ankle lock, and Sniper taps out quick. After the match, Jackal slaps Sniper, and Sniper walks out on the Jackal. So this whole entire, like, Jackal storyline is kind of very, like, bizarre and out there. What do you think of this situation with the Jackal and, and these people? I mean, that, that whole the whole Truth Commission changed a lot within, like, four or five months yeah. to where they're coming out dressed in the the green and khaki garb, and then, and then all of a sudden, Kurgan comes out in black one night, and then you have the jackal who's the head of the thing and you don't have uh commandant whatever his name is yeah 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 i thought that jackal it could have been a very good mouth mouthpiece for somebody in the future it's just too bad him and bradshaw couldn't get along <laughs> oh yeah 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 but uh they would have been- I, I was listening to him talk and i'm listening to his cadence and stuff but he had there, there was something there that could have got a lot of heat for the right people. I just don't think Recon and Sniper. I don't know who, which one. I'm uh, Re, Recon's old Bull Buchanan. So I, I don't know. Uh, I don't. All of a sudden, you have these South African militants and stuff, and Recon speak opens up his mouth and has a Georgia yeah. accent. Yeah, it, it's just so <laughs> weird the way they're just like. You know, maybe he sort of assimilated to the South African culture and uh, kind of has like a Madonna thing where sometimes he talks. Goes in that British accent. Yeah, it goes <laughs> in and out. Um, that's what she said. Okay, so next we have Jerry the King Waller in the ring. And he has Sable and Marvelous Mark Merrow come down to the ring. And Merrow says he's tired of being the bad man. Merrow was injured and here comes Sable. She's trying to become a star, and Sable doesn't win matches. I do. And he 
Mira says, Seva does exactly what I say. She belongs to me. And then as he's talking, someone delivers Sable some flowers. Sable takes them and says, it's nice someone is thinking of me. And she walks off, or they will, whatever the situation is. What did you think of this segment? I mean, it was kind of quick. Kind of I was never a Mark Marrow fan. Yeah, yeah. From the day, like, I was a Johnny B. Bad fan in yeah. WCW. But Mark Marrow is just so boring. And yeah. we'll talk about it a little later when his yeah. uh, match comes up. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. you can definitely tell who's over in that relationship. Yeah. And Marrow, Marrow doesn't even have heat. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it's a... Uh... It's a situation, man, burning soon. So then we see Jim Cornette backstage, and he says, NWA is going to show us what we like, which I don't know what he means by that. But So uh, we have uh, the NWA Tag Team Champions of Rock and Roll Express taking on the Headbangers. And I, I didn't take a lot of notes for this match. Uh, the Rock and Roll Express win by disqualification after um, the Headbangers toss them outside. Um, and it, I guess it's an NWA rules a squat patient to throw someone over the top rope, I guess. Uh, what do you think of this? I mean, the NWA fizzles out pretty shortly, but what do you think of, uh, of this thing here? I think WWE did a very poor job in explaining how the rules varied between WWE rules and NWA rules. Yeah. Like, it's a disqualification but we don't know that it's a disqualification until the disqualification actually happened, you know? So uh, the, I love the fact that the rock and roll express is coming out to the old rockers theme. Oh, <laughs> yes. Now, did they have it? Now I have a question for you. This is something that me and um, infamous CP have been asking, and this doesn't have to do with, can you, okay, remind me later, please remind me to ask you this question later, because it doesn't have to do anything right now, but please, like, yeah, remind, when it comes to our main, to the main event match, tell me to ask you. All right. Was it really the Rockers theme song back then when it was on, too? Yes. Okay, cool, okay. Yes. <laughs> so it was, all right, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, I noticed that um, the Rockers are pretty much a copy of the Rock and Roll Express, so it's funny that they pretty much just, like, you know. But also at that time, like, you're, it's a, it's a, it's a new era. Yep. you know they're and they're doing they're they, they they took it a step farther i don't think we got enough time with you know the wwe and tag teams wwe doesn't like tag teams yep. especially once you got in the 90s which is one of the reasons why they felt like it was time to break them up but the rockers were more faster pace um and and, and probably more flash than substance yeah yep. uh, where the Rock and Roll Express was more about the in-ring work and yeah. and bell to yeah. bell and all yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but man, the, the the reaction from the crowd when the Rock and Roll Express came out, and that's Dallas. That is a place that they were big in, and they got no reaction when they came really? out. Really? Yeah, the, I but I think it's because they're. I don't know why that happens. Probably because they're just sort of like forgotten about that. I mean, for me, I like I knew who they were, but I always like in my mind because you know probably why I think that way because I grew up with knowing the Rockers before knowing the Rock and Roll Express. Yeah. So yeah. my thought is, oh, they are, you know. Um, but yeah, I I never really was a big Rock and Roll Express guy. I didn't really see much of their stuff. I've only seen their stuff like in this era. Um, so 
Plus, it's like they're the one tag team that never really went to WWE in their prime. Yeah. You know, where you had you had the the Road Warriors yeah. and the Legion the Legion Doom show up. They were in there in what 92, yeah. 91, 92. Yeah. Yeah. So they've been there and they've had uh experience with the WWE crowd. And and let's face it, in that era, there definitely were two different crowds. Like you had a selection that watched both WCW and WWE or NWA or whatever it had been for 10 years. But for the most part, still in that era, you had people that were diehard WWE or diehard WCW NWA, and they didn't really cross. So obviously you're going to have that little, um, that, that, that effect uh, when the, an NWA tag team goes in the WWE, that's never yeah. really seen them. They're kind of like, who are these people? Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's kind of how I felt. Yeah. Well, these people know who this guy is. Stone Cold Steve Austin has an interview with Jim Ross, and uh, he Stone Cold says, "You don't mess with Stone Cold Steve Austin, Shawn Michaels. I know you're at home getting ready for Stone Cold. You're gonna get an ass whooping, and Tyson. If you want to get involved, I'll knock that cold tooth out of your mouth." Stone Cold said so. So they're building up WrestleMania. Were you um like a Tyson per like did you know much about Mike Tyson or was it I did because like- I, I watched the Holyfield fight okay. where he bit his ear off live and okay. I didn't know what the hell was happening. Okay. Okay. Um but yeah, I, I knew I, I knew what I didn't know the significance at the time. Uh, looking back now and looking back at it, the, you know, Mike Tyson was probably top five most popular per professional athletes in the yeah. in the United States. So they asked you. It it makes a lot of sense, especially when you hear about you know there were uh, rumors of Vince wanting to become his promoter uh, permanently and and stuff like that. So. Um, yeah, it, it got so many eyeballs. And I've heard people like Eric Bischoff say numerous times, once he saw Mike Tyson show up on Raw one night, he was like, shit's starting to get real. Yeah, I mean, I knew of Mike Tyson when I was little too, kind of the same reason with them with the whole ear off, the ear situation. But um, yeah, for I feel like my opinion is, and this is my opinion, I feel like the celebrities back then were more, I mean, it's, it's a different world we live in now, but we're more, celebrities like you're bringing mm-hmm. in mike tyson right you bring in logan paul for WrestleMania, which i understand there's a there's there used to be a mystique about the celebrities and yeah you know yeah. now now with celebrities now you have them they're all over social media and you, yeah. and you know a little too much about them that you're not when you when you see them show up on a show you're like oh that's cool but yeah. when mike tyson showed up it's like holy shit, oh, mike, shit. Tyson. mike tyson what's he gonna do here yeah exactly cool yeah i miss those days man the the crowd is eating up everything Stone Cold says in this promo. Yeah, well, what you know, what I miss what I do miss. This is I miss like not being spoiled by stuff. That's yeah. my biggest. I hate spoilers, and I can't like I'm not someone who like if I know what happens, like who wins, I won't watch the, watch the match because yeah. it's pointless to me. Yeah, and that happens to me all the time lately. It's because of all like the Facebook groups and all that stuff. But like you know, it's necessary evil. But um, like man, I get spoiled. Like, and it's like the next day. It's like give us a couple of days. Like yeah. then talk yeah. about it. Yeah. God. But 
I get it. Yeah, like the, the fans love Stone Cold though. This is I'm a big Stone Cold fan too. My brother and uh, dad were actually seen in the crowd on the January 5th episode when they were in New Haven Coliseum. And uh, yeah, Stone Cold like passed by them. There's a fun, cool Stone Cold story. My brother met Stone Cold like back in this time and he was getting ready to leave. And um, the, the person there who was like in charge of like the signing was like, no, you can't, you can't. Stone Cold's like, wait a damn minute. And he like signed it for my brother and like, you know, yeah. So he, he was uh, very cool. You know, who was really cool on a random side note, Henry Godwin. I, I heard that. I, I heard talked that. to him on Instagram and he is very like chill and um, like very cool. Very easy going and chill. Um, you know, who's pretty cool that you, you would probably think might be a little bit of a dick in real life. Shane Douglas. Oh, I bet he's cool. He's a, uh, he, he, he was working out at a gym that I went to and this was yeah. like three, four o'clock in the morning. Yeah. So he yeah. has the same idea that I have just yeah. go there when the gym's empty yeah. and he was running on the treadmill and I walked past him. I was like, Hey, I don't want to bother you. Uh, I just wanted to say, I watched you wrestle growing up and stuff like that. And he was, he, he got off the treadmill and talked to me for like a half an hour. Oh, that was nice. That was nice. That was cool. Yeah. People are cool. like, sometimes they're cool. But sometimes you get some people I heard, you want to hear who I heard wasn't that friendly. Mick Foley. He, I, I've heard he has his moments. He, uh, my friends told me he met him and uh, he said he didn't even look at him. He just signed the autograph, didn't say nothing and just, and I'm like, wow. I'm like, that's surprising to me to hear about Mick. He, he, I've heard he's one of those guys. It depends on where you catch him. Like if he's out with, I like, think it was like, a signing the, that they were okay. at. Yeah. yeah. That's, that surprising me though. Yeah. He must have, he must have yet been getting jilted on the, on I the think payoff. he was hot or something. I think like, I think he, uh, like they said, I think it was like, I have to find out more details on exactly where it was, but I feel like it was like somewhere outside. He was probably like, was it before was it before or after he had the hip replacement? That's well, the one after, you get. probably. Yeah, this is no, this is more oh, recent. This okay, is a couple years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought he was gonna be friendly. I don't know. I don't know. But um, anyways, he probably is. Everyone has their moments. Um, but all right. So next we have our NWA North American title, the end match, the NWA North American champion Jeff Jarrett with Jim Cornette and the Rock and Roll Express defending against oh no actually i'm sorry the european titles on the line i get so confused with these titles the european champion Owen Hart is defending against the nwa north american champion jeff jarrett with jim Cornette and the rock and roll express take two uh so the match starts and owen nails a cross body and he chases jim Cornette around the ring but jeff jarrett lands a ddt and gets a two count owen hart nails a missile drop kick and it ends a bury Oh, and then supplies a sharpshooter, but then Jim Cornette tries to hit a racket. Uh, but Owen puts him in a sharpshooter, and then Jeff Jarrett ends up nailing Owen Hart with a tennis racket, leading to a DQ win for Owen Hart. Poor Owen keeps getting beat up, man. Uh, what do we think here of this match and of Owen Hart during this time? Because this is sort of like his, like, you know, the sole heart, the sole survivor sort of yeah. right now, right? Um, it. It was really interesting because um, I don't, I, I really don't think without the Heart Foundation, they knew really what to do with Owen. Yeah. 
Um, and they're putting them with a lot of guys to get them over, and it's yeah. pretty much that way for the next year, yeah, year and yeah, almost yeah. a year because yeah. the the later on in '98, in that's when they put him with Jeff, yeah, in a tag team. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Um, really, it's a really strange time for Owen because we're yeah. only what four months past the Montreal screw job. So yeah. I'm I'm sure it's still a weird environment for him to be in. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Um, and he probably did feel like the sole person there, but he was still putting on hell of a match, hell of yeah. matches and stuff. I mean, this is a good match. Um, but yeah, just sort of a way to put Owen Hart on TV, I feel like, you know, really nothing yeah. came of it. We then get our bloody roar slam of the week. Uh, what was it? The DX at the pay-per-view. I mean, I don't really know what's really happening there. It's just like a little trouble for that. We then uh, see Michael P.S. Hayes, Doc Hendricks, you know, as his ring announcer name. He comes down to the ring, and they're pretty much promoting him because they're in Texas, right? And that's where he's, you know, that's popular. A, it's, a, it's a free bird area, free man. Free bird country. Uh, Kane and Paul Bearer come down, and they actually take out, uh, well, Kane takes out Doc Hendricks. He nails a choke slam, and he tombstones Michael P.S. Hayes. Goodbye, P.S. Hayes. Kane just trying to show his dominance. He just beat Vader the night before. So, really, that was it. Really, I mean, we can talk about that if you want. I mean, there's really nothing, you know. Hey, it's a great way to get heat. Yeah, I mean, Michael PSA is the top guy from Dallas getting annihilated in his town. I mean, why not? I, lo- I love how they played the Bad Street theme for yeah, him coming Bad out Street. when it's – but it's it was his WCW day, so it's Bad Street, Atlanta, GA. Yeah, so I'm, I'm like, how's that supposed to work in Dallas? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it's that's funny. That's funny. See, inside stuff that I don't know about. All right. Next, Sunny comes down. Who is in prison right now? Or no? Is she in prison? I don't know. Uh, no, right she's now. out on. Uh, oh. She's out on bond. Oh, good lord! Good lord! Don't give her her license. We have the light heavyweight champion Taka Michinoku and Aguila taking on Brian Christopher and Pyrita Morgan. And Aguila nails a Hurricane Rana to Pyrita. And nails a beautiful corkscrew moonsault. And he nails that outside on both Pyrita and Brian Christopher. Taka Mishinoku nails a spinning heel kick and a moonsault to Aguila, or I'm sorry, to uh, Brian Christopher outside of the ring. And uh, Brian Christopher powerbombs Taka Mishinoku to the outside. And then Christopher nails a missile dropkick to the back of Taka Mishinoku's head. My handwriting is really bad, you guys. Uh, Pyrita Morgan misses a flying splash. And Taka nails a Michinoku driver on Pyrita Morgan. And uh, the light heavyweight, good guys win. What were, you, were you a fan of light heavyweights at the time? What you think? I wasn't at the time, but watching it back, I mean, this was a pretty solid match. Yeah, they had a good match. Um, good match. Taka, I, Taka, I didn't appreciate Taka yes. then, yes. but man, he was so freaking good. Him and Brian Christopher, so good. I thought they had great chemistry together. Yeah. I love um, that when Taka would jump on the rope and then just like just fly out like holy crap he got here yeah. like yeah he's just as tall as the top rope and he's jumping right on top of it from the yeah. from the mat you know crazy um, yeah, I thought they could have I thought they could have did more but I I don't think that I think the problem was um, they 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 had trouble with the consistencies of the international stars coming in yeah. Um, where Taka was still spending time from between here and Japan too. Um, so they had to rely on, they, they, they it, 
I, everybody that all the international stars were very unreliable at the time. Yeah, I because you're right because like the, every other week would be like a different like yeah person. You're like, oh, okay, this is a new guy to try to know. All right, so the nation domination come out to the ring, and The Rock says he has a few presents for the nation. He gives Kama, Mark Henry, and Dealer Brown watches, and he tells Farouk there's only one man capable of leading the nation, and that's you, Farouk. And to show you respect, respect, and admiration, I would like you to enjoy this present. Farouk opens the present, and it's a portrait of The Rock. This is one of my favorite Rock segments. Yeah, it's a good one. And and Farouk is, like, looking like, what the, like, why? Um, so the match, the next match they played, Steve Blackman taking on Farouk with Nation. And Farouk, I did take a lot of notes on this one, but Farouk gets to break, goes to break the portrait over Steve Blackman's head. But Steve Blackman rolls up Farouk to get the win after Farouk breaks the portrait and The Rock is this. So this match is kind of in segment, kind of throwing more seeds of dissension between Farouk and The Rock. Um, we know eventually it's going to hit the fan. But what do you think of this? You said it was your, one of your best Rock uh, segments. I thought it was so good because, look, I used to have I, – I, I used to get a couple of those pictures from, like, relatives, like, Christmas time. And they're, yeah. like, the cheapest – pictures like there i think they charged like 10 bucks at the time but it it really only cost like maybe like two dollars to print and set it up and everything but it's like one of the cheapest pictures you can get because the frame is real chintzy and it's yeah. just a cardboard with yeah. uh with a print on it and stuff so I, I i love that i like i appreciate it more now as as i'm older than i did yeah. before because i know how cheaply that yeah. stuff is yeah. made yeah, compared to like the fucking million or thousand dollar watches that yeah, yeah. Is, uh, yeah. is given to Mark Henry and uh, Kama. Yeah, I mean, again, like that's sort of like all there is to talk about, just the fact that they're just, you know, eventually going to, we'll see what happens with them. If you're a history buff of WWE, you know, we'll, we'll get there. All right, it's time for our main event. We have the artist formerly known as Goldust and Marvelous Mark Merrow with Luna Vachon taking on Cactus Jack and Chainsaw Charlie. Now, my question I wanted to ask you was, during this time when Goldust was um, Marilyn, like, Manson, he was dressed up like him, did they play the ghetto sort of, like, version of beautiful people like they do on Peacock, or did they play the real one? No, they played, they, they, I think they, I'm pretty sure they did their own version where it was, like it was supposed to be like a cross between that and the actual gold dust theme. Yeah, yeah. Cause that's like what you hear on Peacock. And I was asking my other we were trying to find out if like they really if it was really the audio that Peacock just created or if at the time I felt like they'd use it at the time because it was so cheesy and that's what the the whole point was that it was like like I don't I don't remember I don't recall them ever using like beautiful people. Yeah, I don't for, think they, for anything. Yeah, yeah, because I think they were just Basically, the song comes out. It sounds like it, but it's it's like a uh, Goldust, Marilyn Manson. It's just sort of like the guitar riff, whatever. Because I know this was all at the time that uh, Marilyn Manson came out and yep. wanted to get implants and oh lord, put he put in himself. And then I I guess Dustin went to the front office and was like, "Hey, do you want me to get implants? Because I'll do it." No, and like. No. 
yeah and they were like no no we don't need you to get implants please oh don't oh my god dustin relax buddy chill out maybe him and terry were on some kinky stuff back then Ugh. but this oh, was I, if, if i remember correctly uh sable did not come out with mark marrow during this match yeah no she did not come out it was just luna it was crickets when he yeah. came out by yeah. himself yeah yeah, that's what I was talking about earlier, where he had nothing. Sable's yeah. coming out. The only reason they're booing him is because they're getting he's getting in the way of Sable. Without yeah. Sable, he's not even getting no one cares about him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So Goldust kisses Chainsaw Chart or Chainsaw Charlie, who attacks him. Um, and then Mark Merrill nails the DT to Chainsaw Charlie. Sable walks down to the ring with flowers, and then Luna walks over to Sable, grabs the flowers, and destroys them. And then Cactus Jack hits Goldust with a chair. And Chainsaw Charlie pins Goldust for the win. After the match, Sable and Luna get separated by guards as they brawl. Now, full disclosure, as a kid, I was excited. I was like, go Sable, get her, get her, come on. Throw on panties, rah. Um, As an adult, I'm kind of like, what was your take at the time? What do you think about the whole Sable, Luna, Goldust, Miro situation? I I got it as a as a person that has that has been in a successful relationship for many years now. I don't. I never understood. As I'm older, I don't understand why Mark Marrow's getting so frustrated because Sables probably has the potential to bring in more money than he does. So I'm like, all right, hell. But as a kid, it's like, man, Mark Mara was just such a such He's a using douche. Her. Yeah, He's telling yeah. her what to do, telling her to take off my robe, get out of the ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it's kind of like sort of like Randy Seven and Hulk Hogan. Like when I was a kid, I was like all for Hulk Hogan because I was talking. But then when you know, like like they tell the story of it, Hogan is touching her butt. Yeah. He oh, yeah. is helping oh, yeah. her, you know. And then you're like, well, you know, I kind of get, you know, I kind of get savage being mad. So yeah. Um yeah that go ahead I, I don't know if you know this i know a lot of fans complain have complained about what raw and smackdown looks like and with when it comes to like match layout yeah. but if you look at the times for every one of these matches like the longest match was the uh legion doom quebecers <laughs> match yeah. so six and minutes that was probably like, yeah, seconds. I say like six minutes yeah every match is like a minute 10 seconds yeah yeah great yeah they did that a lot but what i will say though is to be honest i like it sometimes when it's like that because it gets the purpose and then it's done and then you move on. You have more time for other stuff. Like mm-hmm. I feel like when I watch this, like these Raws, they're two hours. I feel like I get so much more in these two hours than I do watching our three hour Raw, which is sad because you should get more of, you know, and I don't know. Oh, that, no, that, my, my only, my, the only reason why I brought that up is I know they, uh, a, a few weeks ago, it was like right after WrestleMania, they were talking about, uh, some of the dirt sheets were talking about, yeah, there was only about like 25 minutes of actual in-ring action. And then the rest of the time was all just talking segments. And I was yeah. like, well, go back and look at raw That's from 1998. It <laughs> it's yeah. the same freaking thing. Yeah. Yeah. Just sure. Because of the, the length of time. Yeah. Hours three. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, I'm excited uh, to continue on. We have our next episode will be uh, from February 23rd. They're still in Texas. They're going to be in Waco, Texas. Um, yeah, they did that. Out. That was uh, raw. It was like right after. 
they do another Saturday show? Um, I thought they were. I thought they did another Raw like right after. Uh, this might be another Saturday show. Depend. Let me look up on the calendar because I feel like. Um, let's see. This one said. One second for that. Uh, February 23rd. Doesn't sound like 1998. Scroll. 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 Okay. It was a. Come on, man. Oh, it was. This one I think they got these dated wrong in the system. It was you know, a Monday. That's what, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I think they got it. Uh, unless they taped it Saturday. And then put on, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's weird because I didn't understand because no way, it said that No Way Out was February 15th, right? And mm-hmm. then the next episode was the 16th. So I was like, wait, so the pay per is on a Friday and then the next night would be Raw. And then they went back to the 20. Yeah, it's weird. Weird I, I stuff think, happening. I think they taped it the night after the pay per view and then aired it on uh, Monday. Because that's right, because they taped them back then. I forgot they weren't live. Um, well, shit's going to the fan next week. A lot of stuff is going to happen. Josh, thank you for joining me. Definitely check out Sharp Shooters and Stunners, the podcast. I'll be posting that down below. Make sure you subscribe, like, and leave a comment to our YouTube, the Uncensored Pro Wrestling Podcast. Give us a five-star rating, the Uncensored Pro Wrestling Podcast, whatever podcasts are available. Sharp Shooters and Stunners, check that out too. Josh, thank you for joining me, and we'll be back soon with our next recap. Stay safe. Peace in the streets. Bye, y'all. Thanks, man.